The Advent season has begun once again. It's time for living in the forgiveness of sin that God offers us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a time to be thankful and expectant as we look forward to Christ's return in glory. And according to Paul, it's a time to wake up and put on Christ. May the Holy Spirit press this word of truth upon our hearts and fill us to overflowing with the gift of expectancy. Amen. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a story about an Alberta, Canada man who left the snow-filled streets of Calgary for vacation in Florida. His wife was on a business trip and was planning to meet him there the next day. So when he reached his hotel, he decided that he'd send his wife a quick email message. And he was unable to find the scrap of paper on which he had written her new email address, so he did his best to type it from memory. Unfortunately, he missed one letter in the email address, and his note was directed instead to an elderly preacher's wife whose husband had passed away the day before. When the grieving widow checked her email, she took a look at the computer monitor, let out a scream, and then promptly fainted. At the sound, her family rushed into the room and saw this note on the screen. Dearest wife, just got checked in. Everything prepared for your arrival tomorrow. P.S. It sure is hot down here. <laughs> Today we begin a new church year. The church year directs us outside of our own selves, outside our own pursuits and passions. Christ is at the heart of the first half of the church year. And the Holy Spirit, working in the disciples of Jesus to live and proclaim Christ, is at the heart of the second half. And so Advent directs us to the coming of Christ. Lent directs us to the suffering of Christ. Easter celebrates our Lord's resurrection. And then Pentecost directs us to the Holy Spirit. And the long months following Pentecost through the summer and fall direct us to the life that we ought to live as disciples of Jesus. And so in Advent, we're not just getting ready to celebrate Christmas. We're preparing for the coming of the kingdom of God and realize that the kingdom of God comes to each of us personally. Today's gospel is preparing us for the day when our Lord will judge the living and the dead. And it shows us then that the world seems to be going on in a completely normal fashion for both Christians and unbelievers. Everything seems the same. There's eating and drinking Marriage ceremonies, men and women at work. There seems to be no difference until suddenly there is a separation on the day of judgment. But you see, there was a difference all along. Some were watching and preparing for the kingdom of God, and others were not. So, how do we recognize God's kingdom? Well, God's kingdom comes in two ways. First, God's kingdom comes to us now by grace. Then, on the last day, God's kingdom will come with power for judgment. These are two of the three advents that we think about during this season. The first advent was when Christ was born in Bethlehem. And we can celebrate that, but it's in the past. 
We can't experience it or really prepare for it. There's a reason why the rearview mirror on your car is much smaller than the front windshield. What is in the past and behind us is not nearly as important as what's in front of us. However, the advent or coming of Christ is happening to us now. Right now, when we hear God's word, when we repent, and when we receive his grace. And then lastly, there's Christ's final advent, when he comes on the last day in judgment. And so it's good to remember what the catechism teaches us about the coming of God's kingdom. Catechism says this, how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and live and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. In other words, God's kingdom of grace is not perceived with the eyes. You can't see it. God's kingdom is not recognized by the eyes, but by the ears. In this world, we live in and recognize God's kingdom by faith. By faith, we see that the, what the world offers to us is indeed darkness. Everything the world values, everything that gratifies the desires of the flesh is called by St. Paul, the works of darkness. Paul writes, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. The opposite, God's word tells us, is love. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And so a question for you this morning. How has your life been characterized? Have you given yourself over to the works of darkness? Has your life demonstrated the love that puts your neighbor ahead of yourself? But here's the real mystery of Advent. That Jesus comes to love you. To love you. Precisely you who have not loved. Who have not obeyed the commandments. Who up to this point have made provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. And it's precisely there in, Christ, in God's coming to you. In Christ's love, mercy, and forgiveness that the kingdom of God is recognized. Is that the kingdom you're praying for this Advent? Of what would your perfect kingdom consist? Now, if we think about it, and if we're honest with ourselves, our natural sinful selves desire wealth, perfect health, riches, prestige, power, comfort, whatever else brings pleasure to the self. Twisted by narcissism, self-love, our ideas of the kingdom are perverted and corrupt. Still, for us sinners, the Lord calls us to a kingdom of love and mercy. And how does that kingdom come? When Jesus today calls himself the Son of Man who comes in judgment, this is the same Son of Man about whom Jesus says earlier in Matthew's Gospel, where he says, The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, 
and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. In his cross, Jesus takes our own curse upon himself. The curse of death and removal from God's kingdom. He takes that upon himself and he buries it. You know, we tend to take sin lightly. And as we take sin lightly, we imagine that it can be dismissed lightly. But that's not the case. Our sin and our iniquities must be paid for. Must. Elsewhere, Jesus himself uses this strong word, must. Jesus says the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. This must happen. The Son of Man must suffer and die. He must come under the Father's punishment if we are to be restored to God's kingdom. For those who reject and despise God's kingdom and his mercy, judgment comes suddenly. Our Lord gives us an example in the great flood. In the days of Noah, the unrighteous were not prepared. Instead, they were preoccupied with the things of this world. Are you? What are you waiting for? What are you occupied with? What is that which tops your priority list? It's important that we think about that. Because if we don't think about that, we'll never know. And Jesus describes an event where in an instant, everything that they held so dear was just swept away. There was no time for preparation. There was no time for repentance. There was no time for anything. Brothers and sisters in Christ, none of us know when our last hour will come. And the same will be true in the day of judgment. The activities that Jesus mentions in our gospel text represent all of our cares and our pursuits. Eating and drinking stands for the pleasures of life. Marriage stands for our relationship with others. And buying, selling, planting, building indicate our possessions. Pleasures, people, and possessions given to us by God can end up driving us away from God if used improperly. Thus, we must beware that these don't distract us from God's kingdom, but rather instead serve to prepare us for the Lord's coming. The days of Noah, the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, these basic, simple Bible accounts should serve as examples to us that we must be prepared for the Lord's judgment at all times and not get caught up in the things of this world, the things that this world so highly yet falsely prizes. So how would the Lord have us prepare this Advent? Well, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord would have us to walk in the light, in his light, and be focused on God's word and prayer, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Don't look back. Don't look to the world. Look only to Christ. Look to his kingdom of mercy and love and grace. Look to Christ who shows mercy before he comes in judgment. We live in hopeful, watchful, waiting expectation, longing for the return of Christ when we will be with the Lord always. But we also know we don't have to wait for his presence. The kingdom of God is right this moment and 24-7 in our midst. Christ comes to us. He comes to us with his angels and archangels. His kingdom, not seen by a sign that the world observes, nevertheless is present where his word and sacraments are. Christ came to Rosalind this morning in holy baptism and marked her as one redeemed by Christ the crucified. We remember that truth that is ours as well as ones who are baptized into Christ, into his death and resurrection. In just a little bit, you'll come to the altar and receive Christ's body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin. Again, Christ coming to you. He comes to us with his forgiveness, with his grace, with his mercy and love. Here, even now, in our very midst, God's kingdom of grace comes to each and every one of you personally to make a difference in your life, to make a difference in every decision, with every priority established, with every moment in life, as we trust in his eternal care. Therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, we watch, we wait, and we pray. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.